Do you want me to start singing there? We are family. You, you sing a bit too much on this pod. I don't know why you want to crush my dreams of becoming Australia's next idol. I'm Think of it more like I'm pushing you. Oh, God, I miss that show, by the way. A great show. But think of it more that I'm pushing you. I'm challenging you. You're, you're very raw at the moment. You've got a bit of a while to go. F***ing raw. Content Catch-Up. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Content Catch-Up. Michael Barker, it's a pleasure to see your face on this lovely Saturday afternoon. Thank you, Julian. I do have a wonderful face and it's a pleasure to be here. How are you going? All the better for seeing you, but I'm going well. How about yourself? What's What's been <laughs> happening? NBA preseason has po- been keeping you busy. Uh, it started today, so it's very exciting, but a lot of positive vibes, a lot of compliments being thrown here between me and you, so that's a good, it's good I'm change drunk. of pace, I think. Oh, okay. It's 1.43, but that's not bad. Not um, bad for me. Yes. NBA preseason. Welcome back, everyone, with no crowds, but... You know, it's basketball, so it's good. Has there been anything, any teams that you're keeping a particular eye on this season so far who you're interested in looking at? Oh, I mean, Blake Griffin, Detroit, but they're a hunk of crap, so it's pretty depressing to watch. I was watching them just before. They're not great, Bob, but um, no. The NBA is a bit, like like every year, it's a bit of a, um, so many players change teams, so it's sort of just finding out who's on who and, you know, having a look at their identity. Well, talking about good sports that are on at the moment, Michael. Yes. The BBL has kicked off officially this week. I love it. So I think if you're actually wanting some quality viewing, you're going to have to put some time into that over the next couple of weeks. I will admit that generally um, around this time of year, I I, I won't say forced because that feels a bit rude, but my lovely... Let me say that again. My Did lovely, you nearly say um, fiance? <laughs> no, oh. <laughs> I, I didn't at all, actually. Shut up. Um, <laughs> it's happened. My lovely Elise's family, they generally watch the Big Bash Friday, Saturday nights or whatever when we go up to their holiday house. So I do tend to sort of observe it. And it's all right. I'll, I'll give it that. It's got a bit of watching value as opposed to normal cricket. A bit of zing to it. Um, something weird did happen in the BBL the other day. I want to touch on it quickly. Um, but so it's the 10th year of the Big Bash, so big anniversary celebrations. And at the mm. opening match the other day, they had the like Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra playing. And I'm thinking, this is so anti Big Bash vibes. Like they normally got fun, energetic, like young bands yeah, playing. And then they just bust out the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra. Nothing against the Symphony Orchestra. Oh, it worked because they were. It was like a dramatic film clip that they were showing it to, but I just thought, like, it's a bit, I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of orchestra, like yeah. not to listen to, but sport-wise. We completely missed a big part of our week, the AFL draft, and it's a bit off the hook, but did you see anything you particularly liked during the week that any of the teams pumped out? I mean, Essendon's graphics were schmick as, well, as always. Much, yeah. I did go hard on the Bulldogs to start with, but then I watched their video and I thought their like video for the number one draft pick was very good. Yeah, doggies. What about you? Yeah, usual victims: doggies, Saints, um, Carlton. No, doggies and Saints <laughs> are usually usually up there. And I think actually Pies had a good little animation graphic to go with there because they actually got a fair few 
Yeah, like they had, had a full picks. grid almost of yeah. the draft, and I think they had a nice slick animation. So Pies, that was the one I noticed. I think but, it's, um, it's a weird one though, isn't it? Because like unless you genuinely know, if you'll pick one, you kind of know who you're going to take, right? Like Doggies could have probably prepared that a l- earlier in the piece, but where we were sitting in the draft, it kind of becomes more difficult to prepare anything too specific to a player. Um, and that's the challenges with draft, in my yeah. opinion, anyway. Yeah, well, I think everyone would be in the same boat. You've got to just prepare far too much. Well, you could prepare far too much if you go too one way, but um, it's a fine balancing act. But should we get on to this big episode, Jules? This so big episode. This massive episode of the Huge. Hornets. No, I'm kidding. It's Hornets. <laughs> Nick Bollock, he is part of the digital team at the Charlotte Hornets, and... I must say his insight and sort of um, what he spoke about was very intriguing and the way he spoke as well, Jules, I don't know if you noticed, but he was a great speaker and I think I think I poked fun at it during one time. Uh, one thing he said about running through a wall after what he said about... <laughs> I, think he's, I think he was referring to his skills and um, there was a great line in there about not being the best photographer, not being the best videographer, but um, damn, and I was going to try to do his American accent then, but damn, no one's going to um, outwork him. And yeah, it was a really great chat. I think you put that, I was just about to say that I felt like running through a wall after we had that chat and we had it at eight in the morning and I don't think I've had more of a productive day after like talking to him. He was, he was really good. He um, just the, the, the concept of covering 72 games in a season. And he was saying like, there's sometimes four games in a week. When we had two games in a week for the AFL, we were like, what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? The fact that they do that week in, week out is just and still produce really fresh content all the time. It, that that's what took me away the most or blew me away the most rather. Um, listening to him talk about that process and staying motivated and still finding fun ways and focusing on all that. But I don't want to give away too much of the chat box, and I'm sure you don't want to either. Yeah, let's buddy jump straight into it, I think. He was he was very real with what he was saying too, I think. There wasn't any sort of cliches. But anyway, we'll stop talking about it and we'll cut straight to it. Content catch up. Alright, Jules. I'm I'm very excited today because we're not only joined by our first international guest, but it's in my world, the NBA. And I've already said this to Nick, but I'm rocking my clippers. I do have a soft spot for the Hornets. Nick, welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you. And Thank you for having me. We got applause. Yeah, a round of applause. Whoa, whoa. We, we got to see what I say first before we applaud. Um, no, it's super exciting to be on. Um, we've got to get both of you some Hornets gear now since uh, you decided to wear the Clippers uh, shirt on the air here. So we'll, we'll, make, we'll work on some new Buzz City is what we call it. Some new Buzz City Buzz gear. Buzz City. I really like that. I've never heard that before. Buzz City, it's kind of something we use for marketing, for ticket promotion. Uh, no tickets this year, but... Um, just different things like that. We call it Buzz City. You know, the hive is alive in Buzz City. So we've got all of these uh, alliter. Is, is it alliteration? No, it's just rhymes. Just different rhymes. <laughs> I think that's what I'm in love with. Um, I mentioned my soft spot for the Hornets before, but your brand, especially your throwback brand, that's just what I love. Um, but tell us what's going on in your world. You're in, you're in the heavy grind of the training camp. What is it? Day four, day five of training camp. How's it going? Yeah, so it was day five of training camp after nine months, pretty much, of no basketball, no games. Um, we recently had a chance to go into our own little bubble 
um, in Charlotte and work out for two weeks before training camp. This happened about a couple months ago, but um, now with the new draft picks and everyone coming into the building, meeting, meeting everyone for the first time, uh, getting in our new free agent, um, Gordon Hayward, um, just trying to integrate everyone. Um, this has been the past five days we've been in the gym working out. It's no secret. It's been on our pages. We've been trying to, you know, just get everyone familiar with one another, right? LaMelo, Gordon Hayward, uh, Vernon Carey is our second round pick. We're just trying to get everyone to know each other um, during these crazy times because this will be the most accelerated start to a season that the NBA has ever tried to do. Um, why is that? Well, they want the money for the Christmas day games to yeah. just get the revenue uh, going. And as an NBA employee, I applaud that effort because um, obviously we're still employed and the more, uh, the, the faster we can get to play games, the more valuable we become and the more money that the league gets. So um, I'm all in for whatever the NBA wants to do, but yeah, it's been a super crazy five days uh, and it's only getting started. So I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. I'm trying to like work on my strength and conditioning and, and, just being, <laughs> and remember, stay focused remembering your laptop, but it's been tough. I have my laptop. You saw <laughs> it. But I did say it. You can't be you can't be so mean to Jules, our guests straight off the bat. So when we honestly recorded the last episode, Jules was very offended that I gave you my egg of the week, and then I had to clarify that you ticked it off. <laughs> it, it was it was a pretty pretty egg egg move, right? <laughs> but I mean, obviously, we could have done it on the phone, but we wouldn't have had the mic. We wouldn't have had we wouldn't have had the whole the whole nine yards. So I wanted to make sure that we did it right. Um, although my lighting's a bit weird right now because the sun is coming directly at me. Um, we're in a good spot so it's all good i mean i'm glad that you're getting back into the strength and the conditioning as well because you know you're going to be lugging all that camera gear around for it for the rest of the season before we jump in too much further into your life in basketball and trust me we can't wait we have this little segment uh when we're meeting new guests called the one minute brief so we're going to ask you a few questions you're just going to rapid fire and um get back to us are you all ready right. yes <laughs> Welcome to the One Minute Brief. Your time starts now. Okay, so aside from Nick, do you have a nickname? I do. Big Money. Do you need an explanation? We, We'd love we're going to need an explanation for that. So there's a lot of things being made. Like, can you give yourself a nickname or does someone have to give you the nickname? Well, I, I gave myself this nickname. I, Has I just it stuck? I don't know if it's really stuck. I like to refer to myself as big money, but I don't think other, I, I, I will say people don't walk around the halls calling me big money. Um, it's just something that I've kind of tried to get people to say because I just think it's funny. I, I just think it's funny. There is no reason. There is no, no, reason. no reason. I just think that whenever I do, it's big money. You know, that, like that's big money. That's a big money video right there, right? So. I, I, I write that and I can see Bach's employing something sim similar when he, he starts sending yeah. us videos. I'm now. not, sure that, I'm uh, not sure that I'm that bold to enforce a self-given nickname. Um, big Money, what is your job title? Job title is associate producer, but there's so many things that fall under the umbrella of associate producer. It's not just shooting video and editing video um, and coming up with concepts. It involves a lot of other things like um, there's a lot of reporting involved actually, because sometimes I'm the only one on the road with the team. I'm the only content person. So therefore sometimes I'm in a position to ask questions, to try to drive narratives after games, you know, after wins or losses. Um, just, there's many things that fall under the umbrella. I also take photos, which I have learned over the past year. 
So there's just a lot of things involved. I think we all try to wear as many hats as we can um, and be as valuable as we can in different ways. So yeah, the title is associate producer. That's something that's really common across. Well, now hearing it, it sounds like it's common across every sporting um, digital or media producing job because you're right, you just got to do everything that gets thrown at you at some stage. Um, One that might not be such a short answer, but what's the favorite bit of content that you've worked on? You know, I was thinking about this because I knew that I thought this would be asked. Um, There's, you know, if you just look back over the past two and a half years, I would say I had a chance. I don't know if you guys have seen this, actually. I had a chance to follow around our second round pick, Cody Martin, around Vegas Summer League last year. Um, when we didn't have summer league this year, obviously it's where all the rookies and the young guys on teams get to go play in Las Vegas for two weeks. And it was just a total behind the scenes, um, feature, uh, series on Cody Martin and and what was going on, him being a rookie into the league. That was really fun to put together. Um, and recently the LaMelo ball highlight that I did very simple, took less than two hours, um, received great feedback from the league. Uh, LaMelo fans, obviously Hornets fans. Um, and it really drove excitement. So that was a fun little highlight that I did. Um, and then I look back to all-star coverage in all, in all ways. That's always fun. That's always fun to look back on because you hardly sleep on all-star weekend. Um, so those are three of the things that really stick out to me as favorite pieces of content, but in general, I'm kind of labeled the behind the scenes guy. So I'm always the one there with a camera, kind of in a corner, like they know I'm there, but they try to act like I'm not there. Then they point at the camera and they're like, oh, you know, then they give me something. So behind the scenes is kind of like my wheelhouse, right? Yeah. I'm not super big into like hands-on produce a video for 10 hours production guy. I'm more of a like organic content type of person. Um, So that's more my style. So any of those types of pieces are ones that stick out to me. What we like to call the more important moments. I think so too. And I don't want to spend a week working on something that's relevant now. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So that's, that's a big thing of mine. If it's, if it's relevant and timely, we need to get it out now or today or tomorrow. We don't need to try to produce it. It, We do need to produce it, but not in a way that delays it a week. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's my two cents on that. I I don't think we'd disagree with you, but the last one that we're going to get is a non-work skill that you rate yourself most highly in. You know, other people will disagree with this. I'm just telling you. But fantasy football is a, is a, my wheelhouse outside of the NBA and what I do at work. I think I am a great fantasy football player for the National Football League. I think that I know the players the best. I put together great teams year in and you're out even if I lose. Right? So, so I just think I'm an elite fantasy player. I actually used to host a fantasy football podcast. Here we so, go. Um, I would like to think that I know a little bit about something. It's interesting how into fantasy football people get. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. of- it, it's a, it's part of it. I think that you could argue that um, people learn the game a lot through fantasy sports in general. Through yeah. doing that, you, you, you're more inclined to watch more games. You're more inclined to study more and just know, be, be more up to date with everything. So it's really, it's really taken over here. Um, people love fantasy football. Um, and everyone has an opinion on it. So it's, it's been really good. And I think I'm a great player. (laughs) Well, there you go, audience. You now know one minute more about Nick. I feel like, or big money, big money, money, sorry. I mean, it went like five minutes, but I'm sorry. (laughs) That's fine. You get, you get such a good insight into those two questions, I reckon big money and fantasy football. And then you sort of know who Nick is. 
<laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> um, you touched you touched on a lot there. I, I I can't wait to get into the mellow ball and there's sort of that link with Australia there. But to kick us off, I think we'll go straight from the top and speaking very much on some of someone from my love of basketball and NBA. It seems like an insane sort of job to work for an NBA team. How do you find it? How long have you worked there? Um, yeah, what's it like? What is it like? So um, I want the audience to know that I interned for the Hornets for one entire year. Okay. So it wasn't that I had, I, I do feel like I had to earn my place with the organization, gain the trust of people um, and work my way into this position. So I started as an intern the summer after graduation from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, it's really hard to get an MBA job right out of college. So I knew that if I accepted the internship that I had applied for and it was offered to me, it was a good avenue uh, to get into the league, so to speak. But I knew it wouldn't be easy. So I interned an entire year, virtually unpaid. It was paid a little bit, but um, I did take a, a small financial hit trying to live here and complete that internship. And then it just so happened a job came open and that was when I was able to secure the full-time role um, over a year and a half ago today, or not today, about a year and a half wow. ago. So wow. that's just a little bit about how I got into it. Um, but what is it like? It is, I like to tell people 80% and I want to hear your guys thoughts on this too. 80% of what I do involves me waiting in some capacity. Do, do we agree with that? I think, yes. I think so. You can't, you can't do what we do without being reactionary and being that fly on the wall we spoke about before. I, I just like a lot of we do is set up, be ready. We're hoping to get players at this time, but we don't know when we're going to get them. We don't know, like, we don't know how long practice is going to go. Um, it's just a constant balancing act of being on your toes, being ready when your number is called, sometimes being ready, even when you're not ready, right? You could just be sitting there doing something and they say, Oh, we've got this right now. Grab a camera, grab a mic, let's go. Mm. Right. Yeah. So it's just a constant 24 um, seven pace. And I think that's what makes it fun. Right. We don't want each day to be the same. Otherwise, it, it would not have any variety and we would not um, have as much fun in what we do because part of, part of it is adrenaline. I love the adrenaline. I love the big moments. That's what I'm going to miss about the NBA most likely not having fans mm. this year. Yeah. It's just, just the adrenaline, feeling the energy, the pressure to do well. And there's still pressure to do well, but the fans were a, a big part of it, just being in those crowded arenas, um, hearing the noise. Uh, but yeah, to go back to the question, cause I can go off on a bunch <laughs> of different topics to go, to go back to the question. It's just a constant balancing act of all of your responsibilities and duties and just trying to prioritize what's important, what needs to be done now and what can be done later. But, um, I'm open to your guys thoughts on, on, you know, from your realm too, but that's sort of the way that I view my position. Do you still pinch yourself of what you do? Cause I know I do working for Carlton and I know it's hectic. I know there's a lot of pressure, high-paced environment, um, you sort of don't get a lot of time to switch off and that's sort of part of the difficult part to uh, what I've found of um, people sticking long-term in this business. But do you do you still have that appreciation of what you're doing for a living and you, those pinch-yourself moments? I do, and I, and I think everyone should because the moment that you lose that is the moment when you need to get out because we should go to work every day knowing that we're in a very fortunate position to work for who we work for um, and to be doing something that we do love so much because not everyone has that same luxury, right? 
So, yeah, I mean, and, and also I always operate under the mindset that, that someone else can do exactly what I do, right? In fact, they can probably do it much better than I can do it. I know I'm not the best shooter. I know I'm not the best editor, but I will tell you one thing. I know nobody works harder than me and I know no one can outwork me. And that is what I think separates me. And that's why I say that every single day to myself, someone else wants my position. What can I do today to prove that I am here to stay and that I'm in this thing? Like- I don't know about you, Jules, but I'm ready to run through a wall for Nick. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that's a um, it's a real like real athletic mentality, isn't it? But I think that's also important um, to take into a job like this because what you're saying before, Nick, is it's right. You've always got to be on your toes. You've always got to be ready or not ready to be ready, but like if that makes sense, like you've you just always be switched on and. I, I don't know um, if you've ever worked a, a regular, sorry, regular, not shitting on anyone else that's got a job outside of sport, but like a, a regular nine to five job um, after you've worked in sport, you, you look at your phone and it just doesn't buzz up anymore. And you're like, well, what's happening? There's There's got to be something happening. Or you go home at five o'clock and you've got all this spare time and you're like, all right, I'd, um, I don't know what to do, but surely something's going to pop up in an hour when I'm least expecting it. It's, you're right. The adrenaline of it all is crazy. Yeah. And I think that you, as, as a content creator, I think you need to find a way to, to grab that energy and use it because I don't know about you guys, but like team success and team failures, I think that I feel it as much as our team and our staff does because I, I invest myself in it and I want to feel that because it drives the work that I do too. Um, I, I like to joke with people that I love away games when they were fans, because like I would be on the court pregame with our team, all the other fans against us, the other team against us. And I loved when the other team did their uh, introductions for their starting lineup. I yeah. absolutely love it because I'm on the floor. Our team's lined up. They're kind of on looking the introductions and the, the hype music. And it just feels like we're going to battle. And I yeah. feel like I'm part of that battle. I feel like I'm holding up my end of it. Players are holding up their end of it. Let's go. That's just how I feel. And if I do that, that helps me do my job. I know it sounds weird. Other people may not operate that way. That's how I operate. I like to feel like I'm on the battlefield with these no, guys. I love it. That's how I do it. No, I, I can completely say that as well. We do a, a little bit of travel here. Um, and there's obviously teams that there's more rivalry um, against. And you do feel it when you head into a, an opposition stadium. So, for example, Barks, like when we go over to, to Western Australia and um, the the Eagles or the Fremantle fans are going nuts at you, and you're like, "Well, I'm not part of the team, but now I I feel like yeah, you also you also are part of the team." There is that something about yeah. that. It's I guess it is the hostility that it's just like it the energy that sport brings, and when you're on the other end of it, and what some people might see is a negative way, is actually the most enjoyable in a way. I guess kind of um, building on, on that and the, the demands and, and having to be ready all the time, Nick, do, do you ever feel like it's such a, a long slog? Like what, how do you keep motivated throughout like the NBA season? Because it's obviously a long season compared to what we have over here and to, to what some other sports have. It is a long season. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. Um, we're going to go 72 games this year, not 82 yeah. Um, we didn't get to finish last season, but I will tell you toward the end of the season, I was wearing down a little bit as anyone would, you just start yeah. to feel it. But, um, I'm going to take my coach speak here and say <laughs> that we, we do take it day by day. 
we, d- we don't look ahead too much. This year is going to be a little different because we do have to plan out our travel schedule a little further um, and figure out what we're doing due to COVID restrictions. We're tested every day now. We can't go out of market and come back in. We have to like go through a bunch of extensive protocols. So it will be more planning involved. But I do approach it day by day. I just say, what is most important today? Let's get it done. And then we move to tomorrow. Um, so that's what you just have to tell yourself. And yeah, there are three, four games a week sometimes, maybe even five, hopefully not. It's four <laughs> at the max normally. Um, so just shooting those games, it, it is tough. It really is. I don't, it, I guess I just don't think about it, but it is yeah. tough. I also have a, a team of great people that work with me. So I'm not doing everything, um, never doing everything, just doing my job, which is a lot. And they're doing a lot. And then it all kind of comes together. Um, and we try not to, work too hard but we all do and we all put in 60 hour weeks during the season if not more um but yeah you know you're making me think about it it is a long season it is a long season but it's all about that mental toughness something lebron doesn't have (laughs) (laughs) buddy you're gonna you're gonna take a lot from me not to bite during this episode no no i can respect (laughs) you lebron dislike we're going to talk about that what we will talk about though is let's get onto the draft let's we'll go into the mellow ball shortly but from the very top, I'm curious what it looks like behind the scenes. So, you had pick number three this year, this season. Um, what does that look like? So, even just as an example, you're told names you realistically might draft to that pick. What does the prep look from your end? Yeah, the prep from my end was not... Uh, we have another person that does something similar to what I do, um, but he does more of the editing. I don't. Are you familiar with After Effects and all of that stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he works in those programs. So he was able to go through and design templates for all of the top prospects. Um, and we didn't do just like five or 10. We did like the entire first round um, and we built out templates for each player. So we were ready if that player were drafted. Cause I mean, we had number three, but there was, who was to say we didn't trade back. Mm. What if we traded back to eight, 10, you know, we don't know. So we had to be ready if we were to get a player in that range. So we had different video templates built out for each player um, for the entire first round, um, from the mock drafts. So it was a long process for, um, my coworkers behind the scenes. I was not involved in that. Um, but I, I was around the draft venue during the draft. So that was quite the experience. We will potentially have a behind the scenes piece on that soon. We'll see. Uh, so it was really good, but yeah, I mean, draft preparation was crazy. Um, it seemed like it came, as soon as it went, like it came super Mm. fast. Um, But having a top three pick, obviously very fortunate to be in the top three. We were projected to be like eight, right? But we finally got a break in the lottery and and moved into three, which is the first time in the history, like in 10 years or so that we've moved up from our projected draft slot. So what a good year to be in the top three though, right? It was three top prospects. And after that, um, the experts say that there was a dip off in production. So the top three were very good. So luckily we were able to get, um, in my opinion, what will be the best player of that draft yeah. at three. So you, um, so your team would realistically, they would have prepped say 30 for 30 players. Yeah. Yeah. If not more, more yeah. um, if not more, but definitely 30. Uh, and they did. And they did. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like from my end as a video producer, it's a sort of a similar thing in t- terms of um, getting highlights ready. And I think last year we just got, 20 to 30 highlights of hard players ready but th- because we've got a lower pick this this season it's not quite the same but um did you have any a player that you loved <laughs> or out of the top prospects 
Yeah, I I liked I really liked Wiseman. I mean, I just really did. I I love I love a good big man. Um, I like Edwards. Had some questions. This is just me personally talking, but I love Ball for the upside mm. and for the superstar power, um, and, and just the all around player that he is. Good size at the guard position. So I, I love love Ball. Um, I think Vernon Carey. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He was from Duke. Um, in the second round, great pickup, great pickup for a big man. He had a first round grade by most teams, um, from what ESPN reported. So, um, I just, I love ball and that's who we got. So could not be happier, nor could the organization. They're thrilled. Well, let's, let's take take that and run then with, with ball. Did you have anything crazy planned from a digital perspective before you headed in? Or did you think just play it cool and let his personality do the talk? Like what was the process of coming up with content around that signing? Yeah. So the plan is let Ball speak for himself. And I and, and I will tell you that our social engagements and numbers have seen such a dramatic jump. It's ridiculous. Almost a thousand percent. Almost a thousand percent in, in just engagements, <laughs> likes everything uh, from that nature. And it's from his following, it's from his superstar power, it's from the fandom that follows him and the Ball family. Um, We knew that was gonna come with it and boy has it helped get eyes onto our content. And we are very thankful for that. But at the same time, we also have to make sure that we're covering the team in its entirety and not making it the LaMelo Ball show. So that is something we're gonna have to um, balance too. But we wanna cover everyone the same and I think we have. I don't think we've favored anyone over the other. We still want to keep our core guys, you know, in the mix um, and, and cover everyone. And I think we have. But, yes, it is an absolute just bonanza of fun covering LaMelo Ball. Everything he does is with a smile. He's exuberant. He's happy. He's willing to learn. He's asking questions. Uh, you, you could not be more impressed with how he's come into the league in his first year. We saw that firsthand with the LaMelo Ball effect. With Obviously, he came from Illawarra Hawks. So we had the ball experience here and – I'm sure you've seen all the videos of, I think he's traveling down one of the main streets in Sydney there and he's just getting absolutely hammered with fans. And um, it, it, it's a cool insight and it's sort of a lucky link we've got by having you on that we did experience that here in Australia. But um, I think you touched on Lamello being Lamello and I think um, my brother works at the NBL, so that's the league that he was from obviously, and him and um, RJ Hampton went around and shook the hands of every single employee um, on the first day where they met everyone at the NBL office. So th- that's just the little, I guess, first impression that I got from LaMelo. I'm like, he's, like he's, he seems like a good kid. No, no doubt about it. Um, he already knows everyone's name in the building. The first day that I met him, he asked what my name was. I told him, and he, the next day, it's what's up, Did Nick. Did say big so, money? I mean. Yeah, he said you didn't oh, go yeah, with big I, money. <laughs> I, I got to keep it cool. I got to keep it low profile. I, it's not, I got to keep it about them, not about me. I just told him it's Nick. If you ever need anything, let me know. We'll try it. We'll try to get it to you as soon as we can. Uh, but just, just they say he has a photographic memory. Uh, and I, I would venture to say it's true because especially on the court right now, he looks very good mm-hmm. processing things well. Um, there is no like rookie wall that I've seen. Like it seems like he's full, full force go. And like I said, we just did media day with him today. He is so used to having cameras in his face yeah. all the time and pictures. And he's already like knowing what poses to do before <laughs> he's even told, right? It's just like second nature to him. He could do this with his eyes closed. 
So it's really been a pleasure to, to see him come into the league. That's exciting when you get someone like that, that's kind of like a ready-made star, especially from a digital perspective, because it means you can just be like, we've got all these cool ideas that we want to do. Or even if you're just filming behind the scenes stuff, you can just get even more because they're so open to to the world of digital. Like we, we have a, a several older players on our team and, and older, I mean, 30-ish, but they didn't grow up with, digital and social media in their face all the time so sometimes convincing them to to do stuff is a little bit harder whereas you get the younger kids who are just coming up through the draft or one or two years in the system and they're so much more willing to be part of your your creativity and have some fun with it is that something you find as well that's 100 percent true jules and you can just tell Lamelo has it what is it everything i mean everything <laughs> we we have a lot of players that went to um big college basketball programs like Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas. Um, And it's very clear that they come in and they're used to it as well. They've been around big media, um, but they're more, you know, they're more closed. They're more closed off because they've been media trained and they know how to answer questions and stuff. But I think that LaMelo comes in with a little different perspective. Like he doesn't put on a different hat when he speaks to the media. He speaks just like he would speak to you right now, you know, for sure. Just like different things that he says he's very candid and doesn't hide anything. So it's been very, very refreshing because the the players that we have, you know, um, they're more closed. And I think LaMelo is going to open all of them up and it's going to help. It's going to help everyone from a content lens only. Yes. (laughs) I think we saw that as an example of um, when LaMelo ball arrived at the facility for the first time, I'm going to assume that was you walking with him down the tunnel. That was me yeah. with a little Ronin steady cam, trying not to fall. I feel like it, yeah, that's me. I feel like that's a good example of just the those young sort of prospects. That I feel like I'm guessing there wasn't much instruction you have to you had to say to Lamella. He sort of just talked how he'd be used to the camera being in his face. He did. I, I did. I did pry with a couple questions. I think I just said, you know, you know, you just got here. What's going on? And you know, how's the first day? What are you looking to bring to the team? Just those basic questions. I told him day one, I'm only here to make you look good. I'm not here for any other reason. That's one of my main purposes. Make you and the team look good. I'm never going to make you feel dumb. I'm never going to ask you a tough question. If I ever ask you a tough question, tell me and just don't answer it because that means it's not a good question. Yeah, I like that. That's such a very good point, especially with young young players. Like establishing that trust early, you get so much more out of them, don't you? Oh, 100%. That, yeah. that, is, that is what we try to do with them day one. We're internal. We're here for you. We're here for the team. Uh, we just want to help everyone surrounding us we don't want to we don't want to ask tough questions we don't want to put you on the spot ever yeah we never want you to be uncomfortable if you're uncomfortable say it and then that's on us so yeah can i just say nick i love how you've described your role so 80 percent waiting 80 percent of waiting and then the 20 percent is making you look good if you were just asked what's your role you just can just nail it with two quick uh, <laughs> outside of the nba i guess like going back to the fact that it's a long season you've got to keep motivated how do you kind of find inspiration throughout the year? And is there any other teams that you constantly look for that you think are killing it? It doesn't have to be NBA specific. Of Yeah, I, I look across the street here. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, the NFL yep. team, does a great job with their content. They do a lot of stuff that I like organically. Um, the Phoenix Suns, their people are great. I know their people. Um, Sacramento Kings have a unique voice on yep. social media. It's, it's unique um, in how they describe certain things. And the execution of their video team is very good. I met them as well. 
Um, and those are the three teams that I look at. Who Brooklyn does a good job. Brooklyn Nets, yeah. they do a good job. And obviously they've got some names, Durant and Kyrie there that they can work with. Um, so those are some of the teams that I look to that do a great job. Um, and then just just making each piece of mine better than the last. That's that's the goal. That's an outstanding way to, to put it as well. You've got to be living, take it day to day and make the next thing better and better. Nick, big money. It's been such a pleasure having you on this show. I, I, I could sit here and talk to you for another four hours, to be quite honest with you. It's been really nice having you on. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, gentlemen. It has been a pleasure. It truly has. It's been fun and I want to come back. Oh, well, we might have to have you back for part two. We'll gladly have the okay. Le- LeBron-based episode. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm about it. I'm no, about we, it. we really appreciate your time, Nick. I, I absolutely loved it, as Jules said. Um, so, no, we appreciate your time and good luck for the season. Absolutely, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Content catch up. All right, Jules, big money. How big good money! <laughs> big money. It's self-given as well. It wasn't even something that... I, I was looking forward to the backstory when you asked him, but he just said, oh, no, no, that Self. was just me. Is that is that almost warranted for a second egg of the week in a row? Have we ever <laughs> egged someone two weeks in a row? I don't know. I, I don't think it's an egg because I love it. I think yeah. you've got a... It's very bold to give yourself a nickname and then just run with it even though there's no backstory. It's such an NBA thing though, isn't it? Like... You can tell you're around these players who've got big personalities and you just be like, well, fuck it. If you can't beat them, join them. I'm going to call myself <laughs> yeah. big money. Yeah, no, that's very true. And, and once again, a big thank you to Nick. Um, it was a bit of a, I don't know how many attempts we had at lining up a time, but he was superb. He was very keen. And um, I think there wasn't even a line. He he messaged me about being the best episode ever. So let, <laughs> us, know, let us know what you think, listeners. It's it's always good for us because I think we take a lot out of these conversations, but to have someone from such an international organization such as the NBA, it really puts it's was really like fun to hear or reaffirming to hear rather that they have the same struggles as we do. And so yeah, from a, from a like a selfish perspective, I want to thank Nick for like reassuring us that you know when we're sitting here on a, a Friday at six thirty, going like, where's this interview? Where's that? the same thing is happening in sport around the world. Yeah, no, you're right. It's Even though we're completely different sides of the, the world, it's very similar and we're all... You sort of almost feel like when you speak to someone like Nick, you sort of feel like a, a wider family in a way. I know that sounds very corny, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very good chat. All right, so Julian, as we do with these guest episodes, there's usually a bit of content we like to both pick out during the week and throw it at each other just to, just to have a bit of a... Bit of a squeeze. Did you? What did you say? Do you want to go first? I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I did see something, um, and this will obviously we'll link it in the comments below. So have a have a look at what we're talking about here. But Barks, tis the season, and no, not Christmas season. I know you were going there, but it is fixture release season, Michael. Oh and if, yes. And if you didn't get pumped up by the AFLW fixture release the other day, I've got another one for you. We're going back to the NRL once again, and I'm not apologizing for it. So I came across, obviously like fixture release, I don't want to dive into this too much, but it's one of the most frustrating times in any content producer's life because it's like you're challenged challenged constantly to do something new and fresh where in reality people just want the information. (laughs) Yeah. But that being said, um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but 
Canberra Raiders, they put out this great Instagram TV video, but they did it using snippets from David Attenborough. So the whole <laughs> thing is narrated by David Attenborough and they found like, obviously that's for Cronulla Sharks. So when they, they were versing a team like the Sharks, they put that in and they just had bits of commentary going around. And I don't want to go through the whole thing, but I thought this is a really clever way of, you know, releasing a fixture and also doing it in a fun way. Plus, everyone loves David Attenborough, so that's very cool. Uh, during the week, we'll we'll drop some of these links in the comments. I think that'll be the best way to do it. But it does go for three minutes, so strap yourselves in. It's worth it, though. Good good work by Canberra Raiders there. I think again, it's a challenging thing for anyone to do because it is people just want the information. But if you can present it in a fun way, why not? Yeah, it's it's one of those videos or times each year one of those rare times where oh, i can't speak this morning no, it's, it's one of the it's not even fucking this, this week this week on barks can't talk um it's one of those times during the year that you can get your creative juices flowing and it, it's funny what people come up with but um no good good job can i ask with the non-animal teams or they yes there? i think they did weather scenarios so like storm oh, they showed okay. like you know, David Attenborough always like sets the environment and it's like, there's a big storm brewing in the Sahara. <laughs> That's good. So they still linked it back. To yeah, it. they still linked it back. I was going to say Big Attenborough. That sounds a bit disrespectful. Big Attenborough. Big money, Attenborough. Yeah. Big money as well. Big um, money. I wonder how his Instagram's going. Didn't he set some record about when he launched his Instagram? Yeah, like most followers in one day or something. Like I said, people froth David Attenborough. Yeah. Attenborough. Um, I was, I've... I feel a bit jibbed on that. I would have been up there when I launched mine. <laughs> How um, many? So, like three? I don't know. Close to David. <laughs> so what? So I saw during the week, um, Washington football team. Is that the college or is that the NFL? No, that's the NRL team. Formerly the, the Washington NFL. Redskins. <laughs> I'm going to egg you for calling them the NRL. NRL, sorry, NFL. I did think that because that was the team that was uh, rebranded this year, wasn't it? Yeah, because they finally yeah. realised that Redskins Red probably skin. not the most politically correct. Thing. <laughs> so, well done. So I'll um, <laughs> I'll share my screen. They've gone our beloved Miami Heat. Miami Heat memes. Early content shout out from us yep. on this pod. I just wanted to draw attention. It feels very them. Um, after oh, they win, yes. so so. Example being using an office snippet of Dwight on the ball and Jim pops it. <laughs> oh. Bad. So they do things like that. Um, this was a WWE snippet. Very, yeah. very Miami Heat. But they've also got a just a bit of a meme personality, like just very simple fo- photos from the game. Yeah. Uh, first slider, that's a nice undefeated season you have. Close up of the same person. A shame <laughs> if next slider, close up again, someone came along and... Yeah, ruined it. So I just enjoyed their personality. I was scrolling their um, I was scrolling <laughs> their feed during the week, and uh, they're pretty funny. So shouts to you, Washington. Washington shouts football to them. Team. Um, also funny because they haven't been that good of a team this year. But I mean, fuck it, you knock off the the team that's leading the the league and haven't won yet. You would go hard, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's actually. Pretty, I didn't realize that if, whether they're good or bad. I think when you look at that, you just assume. Jeez, well, they, they, they hadn't lost a game yet. So, oh, wow. And Washington were the first team to beat them. So snaps, the na- snaps to Washington. Snaps. It was just the snaps. name change, maybe. That's all they needed. 
it was one of the like most controversial name changes as well because rather than just decide on a name on the spot, they've just gone, ah, we haven't really decided on a name, so we're just going to call ourselves the Washington football team. <laughs> I kind of so rate sure. that like as well. It's like it's, it's all right. you're the team. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy that this, in, this day and age that that didn't happen sooner though. Yeah. I think there's a few that are um, floating around that are a bit sus. Um mm but at least they made the move. Anyway, Barker, I think that's a for, wrap for content. What do you have for brekkie this morning? That was a segue. Uh, I had um, coconut oh, yogurt, some muesli. Um, I don't actually care. A piece of toast, toast, egg of the week. Some peanut butter, protein You shake. did not have this much. <laughs> for breakfast? Yeah, I did. He used to name like a full big breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I ate a lot of breakfast. Here. Anyway, Barks, I think it's enough about my breakfast. I think, yep, it's about time to crack them open. Egg of the week. Egg of the week. (laughs) Egg of the week. Thanks, Pete. (laughs) Thank you, Pete. Don't need them anymore. Barks, I've been kicking off the last couple of weeks, so I want to throw to you for your egg of the week. Okay, mine is very quick. It probably doesn't need a full explanation, but it happened this morning, (laughs) actually. So a fresh egg. It's very fresh eggs. Straight um, out of the I hen's ass. One. I told you I didn't have one, but thanks for listening, twat. Um, thanks for throwing me and making me look like a fool to our listeners. So mine is from the Detroit Pistons. I was complaining about them before, but they um, continued their fan attendance tonight. <laughs> so they did their typical sponsor. Tonight's attendance, zero, but then their mascot is actually wanting to be counted in it. <laughs> camera eventually finds him and it ends up being one that's actually not that bad i don't think that's horrible i think that's kind of funny i think i think it's fine it's not really a true in the true sense of an egg but i thought it deserved a shout out yeah no i'm gonna disagree with you i don't think that's an egg but it's i like it pretty- it's just i want yeah i wanted to bring it up so okay. we'll fight about it later yeah, well, don't bring it up in Egg of the Week. The segment's clearly called Egg of the Week. If you want to do content, throw it out in the content segment. Fair enough. I'm the egg. I'm actually yeah. egging, egging myself. No, nah, don't egg yourself. I've got Beat a... Um, I can't self-egg. You could. Anyway, we're not going to argue <laughs> about the, the, the laws of Egg of the Week and on the podcast. Maybe next we'll week. Write a, we'll write a, a document. The Constitution of the Egg of the mm. Week. Anyway, I've got a I've got a quick egg. I'm not going to need to share my screen, but Barksy brought it up this week. It was draft AFL draft this week for the second week in a row. I didn't think it was possible. I brought it up, but fuck it, I'm going to egg the AFL again. Oh, that no. was ridiculous. Okay, you're just talking about the time. That's all right. Yep. The whoever decided to run that for six hours, the broadcast. Started at 6.30 on afl.com.au. No attack on the broadcasters or like the people actually running it because I think they did a good job to fill the time. But Mm. my God, that thing dragged on. There is no reason that needed to go for so long. Here we are all sitting at home until like one in the morning just because the (laughs) AFL decided that this thing needs to extend for longer and longer and longer. Get a grip on yourselves, AFL. Just... Knock it off. If you want to make it longer, do it over two nights. I don't, I don't have much to add to this, Jules, apart from I hope you got around to uh, filming that disclosure of our views and not representative of 
Let me drop it the now. The Carlton Football Club. We're interrupting this particular rant to remind you that the views in this podcast are not the views of the Carlton Football Club. It's the best thing you've provided this episode. But seriously, like, get a grip, AFL. No, no it's fair enough. Know your place. Egged AFL two times, two eggs in a row, Jules. Two in a row. Two in a row for the Okay, guys, wrap it up. All right. Well, I think we're pretty much done for another episode. That was that was pretty good. How did you find that? Yeah, I think that was. Um, I enjoyed talking to Nick. I enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed egging the AFL once again. Um, but I think that's about it. If you see any content Christmas wise, please feel free to fling it our way. Same with egg of the week. If you if you've got any eggs that you want to have aired before Christmas, throw them, and we'll probably do the crowning of the egg of the year. I reckon. Wow, that's huge. I huge. forgot about that. That's huge. It's huge. It's going yoke. to be huge. It's going to be very yoky. It's going to be egg on someone's face. It's going to be great. Anyway, Barks, I'm rambling, so let's just wrap this bad boy up. We will see you next week. Thank you again to Nick. Thank you to everyone for listening. As always, you can find full episodes every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple. And if you're finding it hard to find the episodes... You just hit up our Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube at Content Catch Up. Correct. Thank you, everybody, and see you next week. Be good to your mothers. And fathers? What about and Duncan? sisters. Oh, Duncan. Slam Duncan. <laughs> Slam Duncan. <laughs>